0: Before we get started, I guess I'll go ahead and apologize for not having uh, uh, anything for you guys to, to write on this morning. Um, but we still have a PowerPoint and hopefully uh, you guys will be able to, to follow along through that. When I was in eighth grade, it was a, a really big day for me and, and one of my best friends. We, uh, as soon as school was over... We ran to uh, his parents' car and we got in, and we popped in a CD uh, into the, uh, the console of the car, and uh, we started listening to an album called Mm Hmm. Uh, it was by a band called Reliant K. Reliant K was actually one of my favorite bands uh, back when I was in middle school, but they released a new album that. I think it was earlier. Either it was either that day or the day before, and uh, we we absolutely love Reliant K. We uh, we wanted to listen through the whole new album together and uh, get to hear all these different songs. So we were going through the album and uh, we listened to several different songs. Uh, of course, just kind of we didn't skip any of the songs on the album, but we got to this one song. And the title of this song was Let It All Out. And we got to it, and and the music just really, you know, it slowed down, and they started singing, and so we skipped it. And we skipped that song, and we kept listening to the rest of the album, and we just completely forgot about that song. And several more times uh, as I grew up, I kept skipping that song. I just... It was, I just got too slow. I just liked the, the real good uh, jams that they had throughout the rest of the album, and everything else was really upbeat. and that's what I liked, and so that's what I stuck with, and I ignored that song. But I want to share with you the lyrics to, to let it all out." Uh, just a, just a, a short part. It's uh, actually the chorus of it.) Um, and this, this band, um, they had Christian roots, they, they grew up in church, but, but most of their songs were just, you know, just about whatever. In fact, um, one of their songs was about wearing a pink tux to the prom. One of their songs was about mood rings. Uh, they have really funny songs, a lot of songs that really don't mean anything, they're just a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, but there was this, this one song, Let It All Out, the one that we always skipped, Uh, I want to share with you the the words to this song. The, The lyrics go, And you said, I know that this will hurt, But if I don't break your heart, things will just get worse. If the burden seems too much to bear, Remember, the end will justify the pain it took to get us there. This song was actually about this idea of, of God breaking their heart, of God breaking someone's heart. And God breaking that heart in order to, to keep someone from, from going down uh, the wrong path, of, of deciding to go in the complete wrong direction with their life. And of course, this decision, this, this, breaking, this heartbreaking is tough, but, as the song says, it will be worth it in the end. I'm going to come back to this song later on. But I want to keep talking about this idea of, of being heartbroken. See, a lot of times, uh, we, we, make it, uh, we make this idea of giving it all to God sound so easy to us. Uh, we, we really push this idea, and of course, we know that that's exactly what we need to do. We need to give all things to God, but we often make it sound like it's a very simple task. In in reality, if we think about it, a lot of times it's often one of the most difficult turning points of our life. It is very rewarding, without a doubt. It is one of the most rewarding things that we can face, that we can do. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, that it's easy. But we, of course, aim to do exactly this. We we aim to give our all to God. And we aim to to strive to work toward the goal of living for Him. But even after making this decision, life can still continue to get tough. Even after making a decision to to follow Christ, even after uh, breaking away from, from sin... It is still a, a difficult life to live at times. Life is not easy. And I think a lot of you, from living the lives that, that you have, have learned that there are times when it's, it's not easy. Whether you are living for God or not, it, it can get very tough. But the important thing is, regardless of how tough it might get, that we're continuing to go in that direction. He will turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to take a look at Paul. And Paul, of course, when we think about Paul, we, we see that he was living a, a bad life, that he, he was not doing what he needed to do. And of course, uh, God kind of interjected there and, and uh, kind of changed things around in his life. And from that point on, we then see Paul uh, go in a completely different direction. In fact, change his name from Saul to Paul. And we see him go in this different direction, and we see him do all these things for God. And often when we think back to Paul, we think about how incredible of a man he was. We think about how he was able to do so many things that, that you know, we, we strive to do, but, but it's, it's going to be a challenge to, to match up to to what he's capable of. In our minds, we think that Paul is such a a strong person. And and he was. He was. But here in in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see that he still has weakness. We see that he's not a a perfect person. And in fact, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see that that Paul is pleading uh, for his biggest struggle to be removed from his life. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 7. It says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But He said to me, Paul understood how important and how crucial this weakness was to have in his life. And he did not like having this in his life. And in fact, we see that he pleaded three different times for God to remove that from his life. But it stayed. It stayed so that Paul was able to see his place in this world, that he was able to see how strong he could be because of the weaknesses that he had. What we're going to do is... Uh, I've, I've said that what we're going to do is redefine this term of brokenhearted. We're not going to completely redefine it because, of course, it does still have a lot of weight to it already. A lot of times when we think of brokenhearted, we think of uh, the idea of, uh, of separation from a significant other uh, Uh, I know for for teens it's that idea of losing a a girlfriend or a boyfriend and being broken hearted. A lot of times it's also losing a a family member. And these do have just as much weight in this term of being broken hearted. But I think there's there's more to what this idea of broken hearted means. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at uh, Psalm chapter 55. Psalm chapter 55. Beginning in verse 22, it reads this. It says, To cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I want to go ahead and skip forward to Psalm chapter 147. We're going to read verse 3 from Psalm 147, uh, part of what we read this morning. It tells us he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Usually we, we place these ideas of brokenhearted on on, of course, when we lose people. But I think that this has another definition that, that we can learn. I think that breaking our heart also occurs when we choose to end our relationship with the sin that we love. And I know it sounds weird to almost say that there's this sin, there's this relationship with sin, but I think a lot of times that's true. I think a lot of times we tend to have this relationship where we just love this sin that we are a part of. And I think as we, as we look through this, we can see that it's, it's this, love of, uh, this love of sin, or also this love of, of self, or this love of the world. But this idea of being broken hearted can also be when we choose to end that relationship with the sin. When we choose to end that relationship where we put ourselves first. When we end this relationship where we choose not to let the world be the number one thing in our lives. And of course, it can hurt. It can be... Very painful for us. But we have to remember the end result. I want to look at another passage. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Beginning in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus told His disciples, If anyone would come after Me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I want to share another story with you. When I was uh, a lot younger, my, when my little brother was about four years old, uh, Carson, he's, he's been here a couple times. Uh, I used to watch him, I was five years older than him, so I was about nine. I used to always watch him play one of his video games. Um, I, I found it very amusing because he was four years old and still really good at video games. Uh, but there was this one game, and, and I'll go ahead and tell you it was it was the original Spyro the Dragon on PlayStation. I don't know if you know what that is. Maybe that's gibberish to you, but uh, it was this very, very old game, and uh, and he he loved playing this game. He was he he was just hooked on it. And the way that it worked, and I'll go ahead and explain a little bit of it without trying to get too, uh, I guess, nerdy with it. Uh, there were a hundred different dragons that you had to you had to I guess unlock. They were statues, and you had to unlock them. And uh, so you were responsible for doing this, and you had to go all throughout this this world that was that was made in this video game, and you had to unlock all of these dragons. And uh, and so he was in this first area where you know, kind of where you started off. And in the game, for some reason, they decided to make a bunch of little mini games that you could play. Uh, and of course, that means that there's a bunch of tiny games within the game where you didn't actually have to play the game, but you could play all these games instead of doing uh, you know, the whole big mission of the whole thing. And so a lot of times he would just get caught up in playing those, those little mini games. And uh, so finally, after he just continued to play these games, I finally told him, you know, let's, how about we, we move on and let's keep going and let's progress the story and let's see what happens in this game. Because uh, I was tired of watching him play mini games, of course, and so he finally he, he gets out of this and goes and continues on, and of course ends up beating the game and everything. Uh, but what he had done is uh, continued to to just stick around in that same area. He he liked what this first world had to offer. And so he kept playing those games and kept just getting hooked on those things. And he enjoyed that part of the game so much that he didn't even finish it for a while. And I think as, as strange of an analogy as that is, I think that's what we do a lot in this world. I think a lot of times we get so hung up and we, we get so in love with these things in this world that we forget that there's another place for us. We forget that there's there's more for us to do. There's a destination for us to reach. And so because of that, we get completely caught up in in the things that are around us. We end up allowing this sin, the world, ourselves, whatever it might be, we allow it to become a relationship. We allow ourselves to, to... have this love for these things that that we should have no regard for whatsoever. What we have to do instead is lose it all. Like we read in Matthew chapter 16, we have to give up all of these things and focus on what is ahead. Focus on what God wants from us and what we need to do in our lives. Because we always need to remember where we are heading. We need to remember the end. I want to go to another passage in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Beginning with verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It reads, We must not put Christ to the test. Take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation He will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I want to focus again on the end of verse 13. With the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape. See, our God will always provide an escape from sin. He will always provide an escape from our love with sin. This sin that we, that we fall subject to, that we allow to rule over our lives, He will always allow us to, to get away from that. And he never said and, and will never tell us that it's simple, that it's, it's easy to do that. But it is possible, and it can be done. It's difficult and it's painful, but it is possible. And we have to continue to think of the end result. I want to actually kind of take sin, and just for a second, I want to make it into a person, I want to make it into a person. And I want you to to kind of think about about this idea. Uh, Let's say that that you have a a very, very close friend. Someone that that you love very much. If someone that that you love greatly, if this person that you love so much was doing all they could to make hell your destination, would you continue in that relationship? If you were in this close relationship where everything that they were doing was making hell the end result of your life, would you continue to be in that relationship? I hope not. I hope that once you were able to see how, how bad it was to be a part of that relationship, you would say, this is not helping me and what I need to do in my life. You would make that separation And you would continue to focus on God. I want you to, again, make sin that person. Sin is that person. And are we doing what we need to do to separate ourselves from that sin? Because when we personify sin, we see its sole purpose. We see that the the whole purpose of what Satan is trying to do with sin in our lives is to make us have this close relationship with it. For us to, to love this sin and not want to let go. For us to continue to follow it as, that leads, as it leads us down the path of destruction. Again, God did not promise us a life on this earth without pain without suffering, without sadness, without feeling hurt. That was not promised to us. However, He has told us this. He has told us, stick with me and I can lead you to this life. Stay with me and I will take you to this life that has no pain, no suffering, no sadness, no hurting, none of these things. We will face it in this life, but we will not have to for eternity. We can be free from these things for eternity. This is an eternal promise that He has given us that we can achieve. The whole reason that I guess I, I've gone through this, this whole uh Idea or this this sermon is is because of this. It was almost not quite ten years later, maybe about eight or nine years later, and I was driving home. Uh, It was a a long drive that I had ahead of me. Um, It was a year in college that was not my best, where I chose not to be my best. I chose not to do the best things. It was a, a time in college where, where I was not living the way I needed to. I chose to, to put myself first. And, and that's how I was living and, and I was kind of okay with that. And so I was driving home this one night and I decided, hey, hey, I haven't listened to that old Reliant K album in so many years. So, that's exactly what I did, except now it wasn't a CD. I had, you know, I had it on Spotify. and I went to the album and I began playing through it. It's from the beginning. And I got to this song, Let It All Out. And this time I said, you know what, I, I'm going to listen to this song. I, don't, I barely remember it, but... You know, all the other songs I knew word for word. This one I wasn't really too familiar with. But I decided to listen to it. And as I heard the words of of Let It All Out, of this song, it completely broke me down. It helped me to to see and realize exactly how I was living in comparison to how I needed to be living. Again, again, the lyrics that I, that I heard that, that hit me so hard were this, And you said, I know that this will hurt, but if I don't break your heart, things will just get worse. If the burden seems too much to bear, remember the end will justify the pain it took to get us there. This idea that, that God is telling us, I know that What you're about to do is going to to hurt you. But I'm going to have to break your heart. I'm going to have to tear you away from the sin that you love. And it's going to be a lot to handle. It's, It's going to be very difficult. There's going to be a lot of pain. But do not forget the end result. Because the end is going to justify all the pain that it took to get you to that point, to get you to the end. A lot of times in, uh, throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, we see this idea of, of having hardened hearts. Uh, one of the people that I think of almost immediately is Pharaoh back in Exodus. Uh, all the times that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and, and he, uh, he was callous toward the people of Israel and kept saying, No, I'm not going to let you go, regardless of all the things that were happening to his people in Egypt. We keep seeing this idea of people hardening their hearts, choosing not to allow God to, to take over. We see them make their own choices and not God's, they choose themselves. So I want to conclude by, by asking you this question. Is your heart going to be hardened, or will it be broken? If you think back to, uh, there are there's some lyrics that, uh, that, that we sing, the teens sing a lot for a song, Break My Heart. Uh, and it actually talks about this exact idea. The, uh, the chorus of this song, My Heart Is Hard... My soul is so weak. The ways of evil cut so deep. I need You, Lord, to come inside and gently break my heart. Will Your heart be hardened or will it be broken? I've, I've seen hearts broken. I've seen people decide to, to, to just throw those things away of the world and give everything to their God. I've seen hearts harden. I've seen people decide that what's best for them is what they decide is best for them. And that's as far as it gets. So I encourage you to to ask yourself where you belong. Because while you are here on this earth, you have the opportunity to be heartbroken. To leave the sin that you love for a God who loves you immeasurably. I think it goes without saying that any sin that you love does not return the favor. It only leads you closer to the path of destruction. Is your heart hardened or is it broken? You still have the opportunity to be heartbroken. And as difficult and as painful of a thing as that might be, it may be what you need. Maybe you feel like your heart is hardened and you need it to be broken. You need to allow Christ to, to be number one in your life, to, though it might be a difficult path, to, to keep you going down that path. Maybe you haven't yet decided to allow God to break your heart. And you need to not only do that, but allow uh, allow Christ to become part of your life and put Him on in baptism. Whatever it might be, whether it be for prayers or encouragement, uh, we invite you to come forward now as we stand and as we sing.